0: Welcome to the Mindfuckery podcast, which is featured in FeedSpot's top 10 of emotional abuse podcasts. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and in here we explore areas others fear to tread. I'm the founder of the Divorce Sanctuary and creator of Wound Talking and the Original Wound. I'm also author of Finding Lily, the A to Z of Emotional Abuse and Divorce Matters. I've been a woundologist for over 20 years working with past life wounds, clearing ancestral trauma, and working with this life wounding. And it's through my own personal journey I know how much this hurts and how confusing life becomes. So many questions, no real answers. And I'm on a mission to help and educate as many people as I can on the effects of trauma on our lives and our children's lives, and helping them heal the wounds of our mothers and our fathers. It stops here, it stops now, and it stops with us. So welcome along for the journey of a lifetime. And you are very welcome. I have got a nice piping hot cup of tea, which I'm hoping will last. because I'm absolutely freezing at the moment. I have just recorded my first YouTube video in a very long time. And on camera, which normally I don't do because they take me for forever to edit but I have just done that video on loss of identity and I spoke on the podcast about that a few weeks ago and as I was talking about how we shut down, how through the coercive control and lack of self-esteem we lose who we are. I remembered about the castle from John Wellwood. I initially heard it quite a few years ago through Debbie Ford. I was listening to her book the uh, dark side of the light chasers and and that she used John Wellwood's analogy at the castle and so I started talking about that on the YouTube video and I thought John, you know what I'm going to share that because it's so important to understand because that allows us to process exactly what's happening inside us and why it could be that we don't know who we are. We, You know you wake up and you oscillate between two very strong emotions one numbness which i mean it sounds weird saying it's a strong emotion but you feel nothing you can't feel can try and force yourself to feel something and there's nothing there and then as if somebody flicked the light switch and you're in pain and that's really really deep pain perhaps you don't know where it comes from it might be a memory or it's the trauma definitely that you're reliving and you know, you might be writhing around on the floor. I remember a few times, you know, being on the floor crying. And then another time, I've just disappeared. I don't know who I am, where I am. Uh, they've, I felt nothing. You've closed doors. And this is what John Wellwood talks about. He describes us as castles. So when we're born, we are full of rooms and corridors and basements and attics. And he says that each room represents a part of us that contains a unique gift. And he says that as a child, we're eager to explore our rooms and we do that without shame and judgment. But as we had guests over or people visited our castle, they might have told us that they didn't like something. So we closed the door to that room and to part of ourselves. So if you think about... The abusive relationship, the amount of things that you were told. And and so you're sucked into this relationship, being told that you are soulmates, you're the best thing that's ever happened to this person, that you can't live without them, that you're meant to be together. And then over a period of time, those things that they say that you are unique and amazing at or that they love about you, they criticize you for, they devalue you. They put you down. So think of that person, or even multiple people. It might be, you know, if this happened as a child as well, you might have closed other doors. And this was why you felt seen and heard in this relationship, because they made you feel secure enough to open maybe a couple of those doors that perhaps a parent, a caregiver, a teacher, Another family member told you to shut the door on part of your personality, part of who you are. So if you think of all of the people that have walked in and out of your life, with each relationship, different people gave you their views on what you should be like or who you should be. If you look back to some family units, you might see a line of doctors. Well, if you've got a really creative person... And the expectation is that they go into this field. They lose their identity because that isn't them. Perhaps an accountant actually is a better way. I do remember meeting a bank manager's wife. They were used to volunteer at a steam railway. I was talking to her and she said how she supported her husband at the weekends doing this. This is what he'd always wanted to do. He'd always wanted to be a train driver. And his parents... I think it was particularly his mother um, didn't want him to do that. She wanted him to have a decent profession. So he went and became a bank manager. So somebody who's creative or who feels that that is their calling, their destiny, to be a train driver or to be an artist or a baker or a seamstress. And they're forced into a different environment. That's like putting on a wetsuit that's maybe way too small. I mean, wetsuits are designed to be tight, but you know, if you've got one that's two or three sizes too small, it's very difficult to do up. Might need help getting into it, but it's painful and restrictive and you can't breathe. So these relationships, whether they were family members, whether they were romantic relationships, they might've even been in the workplace or at school. These people are telling you how you should be. They're fitting you into a box emotionally abusive relationships are conditional and if we're parents and caregivers ourselves we have to be really cautious that we're not repeating this pattern of learned behavior. So gradually over time you have closed doors to hide away who you really are. They tell you about their exes and they play the victim, how they've been treated. It might be that they've had a really bad childhood and in fact they usually go hand in hand they usually tell you about their exes and how they were treated and how uh, what an awful childhood they had and you bite into this they see and hear you in a way you that you've possibly not been seen and heard they might have allowed you to open up a couple of rooms and pull back the dust cover allowing part of you out to play only then to slam the door on that and tell you that They don't like the way you do something. And you might have found you've closed more rooms or more doors on rooms to your personality than you ever did in the lifetime before you met them. And Debbie Ford describes this as waking up one day and being a two-bed semi. So you've gone from this castle with hundreds of rooms... You might have been told that your rooms were too loud or the colours were too bright. Maybe the rooms were too quiet and the colours clashed. And you might have realised that you had rooms that nobody else had. And so perhaps not knowing what to do with those, you close them off. And John Wellwood says we can only find the key to our uniqueness by opening up all of the rooms of our castle. And that might be quite scary and daunting. It might be quite appealing to you might seem exciting you could think of it like taking the dust sheets and uncovering the rooms of love and courage of elegance and grace and you might still have the door slightly ajar to those rooms but you've protected a few elements in there you might open up the rooms of creativity and femininity of honesty and integrity health assertiveness sexiness and power By throwing open these doors and windows, you can start to embrace parts of your personality that you might not have even been in touch with. There might be ones that you don't want to open. Hatred and greed, laziness and arrogance. And by being broken open in such a harsh way, when you break something, it does allow the light inside. And we can use that light to shine and explore. And lots of people amaze me. People who recover from these abusive relationships are just the inner strength they have to get up every day. It's astounding. After everything that they've been through, they have the courage and the strength to face another day. They might not want to, but they do. We are multifaceted. We are diamonds and we have that strength. There's so many different elements to our personality. And all you have to do is step outside of yourself and look at some of your relationships. If you've got friends from childhood and as an adult you meet up together and you might be friends that were 12 or even younger or, you know, teenagers, do you behave like that when you get together? Is there that silliness, slightly less mature behaviour when no one's looking Perhaps you have a telephone voice, that's another favourite of mine. These faces, these masks that we wear in certain situations. Each of us possess a uniqueness. I've written the Hopi creation story in both my books, in Finding Lily and also in The A to Z of Emotional Abuse. And so this story is the creator gathered all of creation and said, I want to hide something from humans until they're ready for it. It's the realisation that they create their own reality. The eagle said to me, it said, give it to me, I will take it to the moon. The creator said, no, one day they will go there and find it. The salmon said, I will bury it at the bottom of the ocean. And the creator said, no, one day they will go there too. The buffalo said, I will bury it on the great plains. The creator said, they will cut the skin of the earth and find it there too. Grandmother Mole who lives in the breast of the Mother Earth and who has no physical eyes to see. With her spiritual eyes said, put it inside of them. The creator said, it is done. Each of us possess this uniqueness that we don't know. And then we meet someone who sees and hears us in a way that we might not have been seen and heard ever before. And we trust them. We hand over our power. And in reality, they are the weak and broken ones. But to keep us trapped, they convince us that it's the other way around. They live with a fear of abandonment. They live with an abandonment wound. And when I first started doing a lot of work about 2018, maybe 2017, around this wounding with the emotional abuser, I discovered that they were actually able to project their wounds. So the pain and the wounding that you are experiencing might not actually be yours. I've spoken about this actually quite a lot on YouTube. You're wandering around thinking that these wounds are yours and actually they don't even belong to you. So those ones are really easy to get rid of. But the ones that you've been walking around with all of your life that perhaps you picked up as a child... I've spoken so many times about this process that, you know, as a child, I believe actually we're born in a far better position, knowing far more than the adults that we're born into that tribe but the adults give us their wounding they pass that on like a gift they speak to us in the way that they were spoken to and those first crucial seven to eight years of our lives we're molded and if we're told that we're worthless or we have parents that are not present It might not be that they don't live under the same roof or that you know, not in the house with us. It might just be emotionally not present. If we experience that, we take on these beliefs that we're not good enough. If we're betrayed, if we're abandoned, we might be shamed. A child is shamed by a parent who was shamed by their parent. And this cycle continues. And then somebody turns up in your life and they tell you how amazing you are. And I do remember... And many, many years ago, before this final relationship and realisation, wondering what it was. Why did men that I met and had a relationship with think that I was the most amazing person until we got into a relationship and then they tried to change me? I hadn't quite understood about emotional abuse or even knew what it was at that point. I spoke on the YouTube video that I've just recorded, and I think I might have mentioned it in my podcast on loss of identity, how seeing these patterns in relationships is so helpful. Writing your story out, I think that was what I was talking about in last week's podcast, how important and how healing that can be. Anybody that tells you to face forward and not look back is not being helpful. If you're running the 100 metres, maybe that was helpful. Keep focus, look forward. But even then you'll see... Long distance runners and short distance runners look over their shoulder to see what the distance is between the person following them. Yes, you do need to look forward. Yes, you do need to concentrate on where you're going. But it's so powerful looking back over your shoulder to see how far you've come. You might even see that you're much further along the process of healing than you thought you were. It's really powerful to check in. One of the most powerful things that I used to teach, I haven't spoken about this for ages actually, was seeing and writing out what was going on. And you might find rumination, this is how I started doing it. I found that I was in rumination for seven or eight days at a time. And I was caught and I couldn't get out. And then... I realised that if I was grounded and I was doing the breathing exercises, when I was doing that, I didn't spend as much time in rumination. When I went into rumination, sitting down and writing out memories, and then I was able to prove That this wasn't a healthy relationship that I was attached to, and that I was in pain wanting to get back in. It really wasn't healthy. I was able to remind myself that when I was thinking, "Oh my God, this is all my fault. If only I'd done this or not done this or said this or not said this, I wouldn't be here." I was able to remind myself how unhealthy it had been, and that, I over a period of time was looking at the patterns. I could then see, oh gosh. I'm not here for eight days. I'm here for a couple of hours. Wow. So when you sit and look, and you can see how far you've come, you can see your progress. And when you see that, it's empowering. And that's what it's all about. The strength that people have that come out of these relationships is amazing. You are amazing. To get up every single day after experiencing what you've experienced being in the pain that you're in, that emotional pain, to function, even on any level, to be able to function. We are diamonds created through the pressure. That's how a diamond is created, multifaceted. And each facet is a room, a room of your castle. And you have permission. If you're feeling safe, open a room, open a door. And it might be that you just open the door and look in to start with and then another day you might be able to venture inside and walk round and then another day you might venture inside and pull some of the dust sheets off and see what's underneath what's been hidden away trauma affects us on so many different levels and sometimes we don't even realize so It's so important to be able to spot the abuse. It's so important to be able to see those patterns and heal from that trauma. And I hope you're going to give yourself that chance. I hope you see yourself as that multifaceted diamond and I hope you see the strength that you have within you. I'm sending you loads and loads of love until next time.